Technically, I'm not. Hello, everybody, and welcome <laughs> to Starry Alignment, uh, your social <laughs> cosmic strategy and divine timing. My name is Stephanie Catalano, and I'm super excited to be here with you today to talk about the Pisces new moon and all the transits up into the full moon with my beloved friend, Alula Rose. Thank you, Lula, for joining me once again. <laughs> Love you. Okay, great. Well, I'd love to hear how this lunation has been for you so far. And um, just for those, for those of you that are new here, we're going to go into um, the depth of the full, the new moon and everything in between. But Alula and I really like to give you some context of how the transits have been affecting us. And I know I've got some stories. So Alula, how have you been? Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm good. I'm grateful. Um, it was a very full lunation. Uh, I think that's, yeah, that's the, the, the best word. I mean, full moon, but quite literally feeling the fullness of my life. And um, I think it, it kind of was calling on me to just take, I guess, a sense of inventory of like what I'm committing to. And uh, I, I became aware of ways in which I was spreading myself too thin. So that was definitely big. And um, I know I talked on the last podcast episode about the construction going on in my house. So just... Um, seeing that kind of hopefully it seems like it's winding to a close before this new next uh, lunation so that's nice um yeah that's the gist of it how are you my love I'm good um I'm curious for those of those uh that don't know where did this full moon fall in your chart that would be helpful thank you <laughs> don't worry yeah. so for me um in whole sign it was my seventh house so yeah definitely like one-to-one collaborations and agreements, um, very much a theme, being very aware of just how everyone around me, how, how I interact with them on a one-on-one -on -one basis. And it was also conjunct my Chiron within like three degrees. Um, so feeling some of that like tenderness, moving into deeper vulnerability with people, um, becoming more aware of ways in which I trick myself into closing off my heart space, right? Leo. Um, yeah. Wow. So I, I mean, I'm your friend, so I know some of the stories. Did you meet the people that have been sort of shifting your reality under this lunation? I know you've met like a lot of people that come into your life lately. Yeah. So I met the moon in, uh, in Aquarius. Not necessarily actually this time, which, which is interesting because it feels like some of the people that have entered my life recently are like from previous lifetimes. Um, so there was like a big, for me, a big culmination that happened at the cancer full moon where some of those people re-entered, which was interesting. So, yeah, I guess the, the new moon in Aquarius was, um, really personal for me being an Aquarius rising and Aquarius moon. So, um, yeah, it feels almost like this particular lunation was more about like my, my perceptions and engagements with other, right? All other, whether it's whoever fills that other. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. I'm feeling the Pisces energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Vague <laughs> and broad. And well, well sad, well, hours. And sad. the moon's in Sag right now. So we're getting that like Jupiterian um, kind of yeah. willy nilly energy which Woo! is fun yeah very adventurous so yeah for me, you 
Yeah. Um, well, to be honest, um, for those of you that have been listening to the podcast, you know that I have the studio and I've been really excited to offer a bunch of things here on my mailing list. You've saw the whole list of things. And um, just for context, uh, I was hoping to be offering morning yoga classes, a henna club once a week, astrology classes twice a week, and uh, a new and full moon gathering every month. So I was having classes six times a week and then every other week was seven times a week. And then I was trying to see clients. So I was like super stoked about all of this. And um, long story short, the full moon uh, over my 10th house and uh, I have my son in Aquarius in the fourth house. um, I just felt this like stretch of um, how much bandwidth I have and like what's practical, what makes sense. Um, Basically, like I just realized that, I mean, on paper, anyone would tell you like that's a lot, but my heart just like wanted to do all of this. And um, I think there was like a balancing of my heart, you know, like I had to become lighter in sharing my passions so that I'm not like feeling overwhelmed as I, as, as I provide a service. So, um, I decided like, it was like a couple days, I think like when the full moon happened, like the week of the full moon, I was feeling so pissed. I was like angry. I was like annoyed. Cause I feel like I'm just like having to change, um, and pivot all this year. Um, I'm in a seventh house perfection and, um, I, the seventh house is a cardinal place. It's like on the cardinal cross. So I just feel like all the decisions I'm making are like all about my clients and who I want to be working with. And, um, just want to make sure I'm making the right choices, but this full moon was like squaring my perfection house. My birthday is tomorrow. So I'm out of this perfection. And, um, yeah, so I, I took about a week to, to just simmer in reflection. And I just kept getting like, I have to reduce what I'm doing. I have to reduce what I'm doing. I don't, I shouldn't go forward promoting this. This is way too much. And I um, was also really thinking a lot about like how I want people to recognize me in the astrology space, like in my community, like how I want to lead. And in the last episode, I was talking a lot about like money and what to be charged to support people. And that was also coming up really big for me. So essentially I, I came up with a lot of different decisions and um, they feel pretty solid at this point with all the thinking I've been doing over the last year and especially the full moon in my tent. So um, long story short, I'm offering astrology classes once a week and a full moon gathering once a month. And I'm focusing on booking out clients because I really just want to work with people. Um, and I'm also offering my 12 uh, session program that I I'm calling learn astrology the tropical zodiac technique level one training and um yeah like I already have a client that's like completely committed to like all 12 uh, in-person classes and then I have a virtual client like in the same week that I decided I would make these shifts I had two clients like commit to 12 session packages which is really my goal is just to like work with people and yeah. So it was a lot of like self-reflecting around how I want to be remembered. The 10th house is all about reputation and your career and your legacy. And 
um, I've decided to offer my readings at $55 for 75 minutes, which is like kind of crazy. <laughs> I feel like as a standard, like it's not really like a sale. I don't really, I'm not going to offer sales. Um, I'm just going to have an open heart and, um, encourage people after the session, like if they want to leave me a tip, they can. So it is sort of like a sliding scale with like a, you know, a base price. So yeah, a lot of like ego work with the, with the moon and Leo too, because to, to drop my price, I have never, ever charged $55 session in six years of practicing, (laughs) except for like the last like two months I've been running some sales and, um, I've seen more clients in the last two months than I've seen in a long time. And I was just like, this is really a good price. This is what people need. If I want to help with astrology, I I'm here to be of service. So yeah, that's what I've been going through. Beautiful. You just um, inspired remembrance for me of something like pertinent. It's uh flashbacks to like being uh, the first kid the teacher calls on in class and you're like yeah I don't know like tell us something about yourself like I like birds <laughs> uh anyway yeah that's where I'm at um so thank you you inspired me to remember um I, I really organically like met these really cool people when I was bartending at work and uh they hired me to do astrology at their private party and it was we limited it to like 15 minutes a person. And speaking of just like ego, um, it definitely was some, uh, a learning opportunity for me to like pivot because giving, trying to like translate astrology in 15 minutes to each person and leave an impact was live and learn. Yeah. And now I'm like, okay, maybe some people can do that. And that's amazing. That's just like, not who I am as a Pisces. And I don't need to, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't need to push my ego to like validate myself or my ability in this way. Like, it's just not how I, I work best. So that was, um, yeah, eye opening, and I'm grateful for the experience. And uh, now we know like half an hour or less, we're doing tarot folks. And that's great. <laughs> Magic there as well. So, yeah. 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 I, I thank you for bringing up that theme. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Well, I wanted to share that um, I have a yoga teacher that I've been becoming really close with. Um, Her name's Sunny and um, she's going to be 70 soon. So she's, she's like an elder, but she looks 40, 50, like she looks so young for her age and she teaches me hot yoga. And if you've ever done a hot yoga, it's hard. Right. It's so, it's like the best, I, I live, I'm so glad I get to practice because it's life-changing for me. But <laughs> I was telling Sunny, I've been telling Sunny what's been going on in my life and she's been very encouraging. And I told her like, oh, I have all these classes and stuff right before I, the full moon. And she said to me, um, well, if you know in your heart that you're meant to be doing the work, then like, it'll happen. But if you're experiencing like any kind of resistance, then just listen. So, um, the next week I came in and I said, and I let her, I was so much lighter because I had decided I'm going to cut this, all these out. I'm going to reduce my focus and I'm going to just offer readings at at $55 a session. And even when I said that she was, her eyebrows like went up because it's like, I feel like a lot of people are charging like a hundred, 300, a thousand dollars an hour these days. Um, which I, I honestly understand 
but I do, I, I understand it. I, I've paid that to people and I paid it happily, but that's why I like think people, it'd be great. I'm available to work with people that can't afford that. And uh, I'm available to work with people who can pay more, you know, um, and to give people choice. But after I told her that she, she started talking to me about how um, she was a sound healer and she has these instruments that she's had for 15 years. She started in 2017 and she was training for like two years, like super intensely. She used to be a massage therapist and she was into like essential oils. She's also like a master gardener. So she's like an embodiment of my future self. And um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so she, she says to me, oh, um, I have these instruments but they're kind of not really getting as much uses as they used to because I'm getting older and I don't have clients in the same way I used to. Like, would you want to buy them from me and, you know, take, take my collection? I have a lot of stuff. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> that would be great. So on Monday, um, when the moon moved into Sagittarius and she has a Sagittarius moon, it was the day after my lunar return. And... Um, she, she gave me this amazing two hour sound bath with all her instruments. And again, like her energy was just amazing. I think the sound healing instruments and all the things she does actually has helped her vitality so much, which kind of speaks to the magic of these practices. But yeah, she, she sold me these items um, at an amazing price. And now I'm going to be offering sound healing on the full moons and just sound healing in general in this beautifully acoustic space and it's something I've always wanted to do and yeah like I just when she was doing the work on me I was feeling parts of my body healing tremendously like when we were done because I was trying not to move too much I stretched out like all like kind of like at a five-pointed start and almost every single joint popped open like I was yes. like it was crazy like I my knee was hurting so bad because I've been working on updating my website and I worked like 12 hours straight on Sunday because I was having my lunar return. It was in a download, <laughs> and, <laughs> but I, my knee was hurting so bad from not moving. And after that session, I just feel amazing. So I, I say this because like she offered me these instruments and now she's going to do workshops with me. Her and I are going to play her instruments and heal people. Um, so nice. She has connections with like working in like addiction centers and working with people who need healing and like sound healing is amazing because you don't have to get into a posture like you could heal people in a hospital like with sound healing or you can you don't have to it's not intellectual it's not physical it's just like listen and relax vibration. and it's vibration and the planets all connect to these tones yeah. So as soon as I as soon as I relaxed and I just trusted like I'm here to be of service. I work full time thinking about how I can be of service. Why don't I just become available <laughs> and start making money working full time? Um, Cause I've been working full time for a long time, you know, and the ego wants to be, especially in the algorithm that we live in, if you're connected to the internet and you get targeted or you follow some of these gurus online, like um, the whole thing is to like, you know, if you don't charge a lot, you don't value yourself. And that was a huge realization. I was telling my mom, I'm like, I used to think if I charged a little bit, it would, it wouldn't be a proper reflection of my value. And I need to charge a lot. So people value me, but 
And I think that has validity to it. But um, yeah, there's just a huge humbling that came through for me and gifts and abundance once I allowed myself to, to trust. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm so grateful we've been on a similar journey with that kind of uh, lessons in the balance of valuing ourselves and being such Saturnian women, you and I both, like being of service ultimately to me is like of a higher value than any like numeric form of abundance and uh yeah I think exactly what you're saying like once you surrender and trust and especially if you're making yourself accessible and available um it's so incredible how the universe does conspire to provide for us yeah and I think in a time of of recession people are concerned about how they're going to make a living. Like I empower anyone that's like struggling with this, like consider what, consider what you have to offer and how you can make that reasonably affordable and just go to work, go to work, you know, like, and if you, if you commit three years to being in work at at that pace, a pace that's respectable to you, not killing yourself, but if you commit yourself, um, you can definitely increase your price because you're going to have, you're going to have a lot of people who now respect you. You've built a reputation. That's what Saturn does. I say three years because of three years of Saturn in the same sign and also Mercury rules Saturn, Mercury rules three. So yeah, with Pisces coming into, or I'm sorry, Saturn coming into Pisces, which is kind of interesting because we're about to have our first new moon in Pisces um, or our last new moon in Pisces um, with Saturn and Aquarius for somewhat 30 years. Yeah. It feels important to, uh, kind of prepare for the next Saturn cycle and it's going into Pisces where, um, this is the sign of spirituality. So I know if you're listening to this, you're probably a healer an empath or spiritual person and, um, you want to share your gifts. Um, but you're seeing people tell you online that you should charge $10,000 for five packages or something like five session package or something. And you got to build a funnel and all this. Um, but yeah, it can, it can be a lot simpler than that. Um, yeah. And the other thing too, is that I have a teacher, Lindsay Buckley, that, that I work with and um, through the IRIS Indigenous Collective. And um, one of the things that we've been talking a lot about, and this is an indigenous way of relating to resources and money is that um the the exchanges that we offer in our in our life force um do not need to be fully compensated with with the physical dollar all the time like i said i'm gonna lower my price and i now have received thousands of dollars of sound healing equipment in the same week amazing you know like (laughs) in different forms um so yeah i think this is really interesting uh just generally to share as humans what we're going through yeah. and how, how relaxing it is to um, continue to listen. Because even when it's stressful, like I was like, oh God, I got to redo the website again. I got to re, I got to like burn all the cards I, I printed. Uh, what? <laughs> Whatever. Uh. Yes, I'm just gonna, I'm just going to listen and keep going, you know, <laughs> we're just going to, we're just going to keep changing. It's fine. It is interesting. I'm grateful the way uh, your Scorpio rising, my Aquarius rising, we have these fixed signs on, you know, the prominent angles of our charts. And it is interesting how like they manifest similarly 
you know, so like differently in, in theme of, or area, I should say, but the theme is like very similar in the way it manifests. Um, I don't know if I shared this with you yet, Steph, but uh, I think it was two days after the full moon. So I think that, I think the moon had moved into um, Virgo at this point, but um, getting to spend quality time with like a new soul sister, my friend, Amber. Um, oh, I thought I was wearing one of her necklaces, but I'm not today. Had to wear my amethyst moon for Pisces new moon. Um, it was just like such beautiful, pure exchange. And I, um, gave her like a two hour astrology reading and I, she like, I'm just so grateful to exchange with someone cause she's going to gift me a two hour sound healing. Uh, so it's just funny sound healing coming up a lot too, which feels very Piscean. And mm -hmm. I'm realizing as we're recording this, this morning, Venus conjuncted, uh, like okay 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 I get it like I you know she didn't necessarily like tell me a price until we were I mean we've been talking about this for a couple of days weeks and then we did the session and I, I really was just like I feel like I'm just gonna find a way to afford this like whatever she feels is the correct exchange for lifelong collection mm. uh, find a way to make it work because it just felt like it was like I'm being called to acquire this resource Venus you know wow no those instruments found you it's it's amazing it it really is she was she was supposed to do a sound healing workshop um, at the studio I go to on New Year's and she got the flu and she's never really gotten sick she said she was the sickest she's been in so long she got this, she got the flu and she wasn't able, she was going to go do the sound healing and then sell the instruments to the people in the workshop. And like a month and a half later, she's like, do you want to, do you want to buy it from me? And I'm like, yeah. That's so amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Great. Well, feel, feeling complete. I think we can, we can go into the charts. Oh, little cacarunas over here. Um, I'm actually feeling sorry, Dave. Did you say cockadoodles? Cacarunas, chatterboxes. Cacarunas, is that Spanish? What is that? Cockadoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Italian. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> Hilarious. Okay. I'm also grateful. Anyone listening, like it's just it's such a pleasure to drop in and just be more and more comfortable being human in this process together and not feeling like we need to be the most buttoned up, polished, calculated, contrived, marketed, packaged versions of ourselves. And um, I think fellow, anyone else like coming to the end of your Saturn return in Aquarius, I think like we are, we are the teachers of that, right? You can be mature and responsible and accountable and a leader and a teacher and a humanitarian and you can do it however the you want so that being said plot twist i'm feeling really called to pull an oracle now how does yeah, that resonate yeah. with you yeah i yeah. say so you've been shuffling for like an hour <laughs> no my fingers are just <laughs> like been on the phone for a while and you just keep you're like i'm ready <laughs> no i'm sorry i like catch myself too i'm not sorry well it's funny I'm because working on that my oracle for today is to play some of these instruments that I'm going to turn the camera and kind of show you guys what my new, my new getup is. And, um, 
yeah, it'd be great if you want to give the oracle now and then I can close with some sound healing and I'll do a little oh, differently. Today. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I'm pulling from Blessings from the Heart of the Rose. I love this deck so much by Sheila Murphy. If there ever was an oracle deck for Venus conjunct Neptune in Pisces, I think it's this one. Uh, so I want to invite everyone to, whether you're sitting or standing or laying down, just welcoming a lengthening of the spine, welcoming the muscles to relax off of your bones. feeling just how held you are in this moment. And if you're listening, this message is for you in some capacity. Ooh, yum. We pulled number 43, Warrior Queen. My goodness. Warrior queen. She is warrior queen, controlling everything around with certainty and absolute power. She knows wisdom, has lived through chaos, and stands clothed in the cloak of earth. She is the giver of life. Her poppies scatter healing over wounded hearts. As a supreme commander-in-chief, her word is her command. She maneuvers into battle zones that require astute insight keen sensing and strong diplomatic skills. Deploying her troops in strategic locations, she is able to diffuse conflict and reorder to create a place of stability and calm. She is at home under every sky. In every location, she is fully able to mobilize and instruct, guide and support. She leaves no stone unturned. Within her being, held under her cloak of emerald, are many geometric principles of cohesion. Her ability to recognize and apply ancient timeless constructs of perfect symmetry to unlawful practices to restore balance is widely recognized within the hierarchical worlds and the world of form. Sensitive always to the pain and grief of her fellow warriors, she offers tenderness in cloaking their hearts and souls in healing balm. Here she summons the poppies to soothe the hearts of warriors who need to find rest, to travel with her and engage in her program of freedom. Her fellow warriors need to step into a zero point of knowing, a point of utter stillness before they can perceive the mind's capacity. The calls of many nations are within her. Her vision knows no boundaries, save that of divine purpose manifesting in the realms of form. She has known deep suffering and physical pain, has endured the chaos of the world, and yet she holds everything within a point of perfect certainty. Her sensitivity reaches beyond the galaxies into frequencies yet unchartered, scanning the space for connections of light for the benefit of all. And in bold, it says, you are being watched and cared for by a supreme light command. Recognize the illusion of the chaos, step back and remain unattached. And the blessing says, out of chaos comes healing. Don't be afraid. Light moves in the darkest corners of life. 
You are held in love. You are safe. Wow. Quite the card. Um, I want to just like point out the, there was a certain phrase that really resonated. Um, I mean, all of it. But yeah, um, thank you, Steph, for pointing out earlier that this is the last new moon in Pisces while Saturn's in Aquarius. And I think this card really like encapsulated a beautiful balance of like the transition from Aquarius to Pisces. We can take the more like mental uh, astuteness of Aquarius and blend that with the sensitivity and the oneness with all and the gentleness and the flow of Pisces. And um, I think for all of us collectively finding like can we keep the aquarium? Um, I'm going to say logic, but can we keep the aquarium inventive forward moving logic as sort of a, a length, like the lengthening of our spine, let that be that can that hold us upright and sure so that the rest of ourselves can be really soft and flowing in that Pisces energy. And uh, I think our bodies are also a perfect example of that, right? Like when our spine is stacked and our skeleton is balanced properly, which starts with the feet because it's Pisces rules the feet. <laughs> um, when all of that's balanced, our other systems, our nervous system, our adrenals, our lymphatic systems, they all flow right from the, that structure. So I digress. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That was beautiful. Do these cards connect to the tarot or they're just like, so this, yeah, no, this is just an, uh, not just, but this is an Oracle deck. So it's okay. um, not intertwined necessarily. Yeah, I didn't know if it had like a sister card or sister archetype or something. Mm, that'd be cool. Warrior queen. Warrior queen. So while you were card, yeah, while you were reading the card, I was thinking um, the other amazing bonus, like other gifts of Sunny, my, my teacher that I'm developing such a friendship with. Um, she's a farmer, so I want to buy land and um, farm, but I don't know how to do that. And um, even on the last podcast, I was saying that I will enter this stage of my life where I have a garden. And I grow my own food and I don't know how I'm going to do it because I don't know how to do that. <laughs> and um, you can really just waste a lot of money if your plants die. And um, turns out Sunny is looking for a place to live so she can like be the master gardener. And she's like, yeah, build me a little house because I want to build hempcrete homes and cob homes. And I told her I want to build cob homes. She's like, oh, build me a little house. <laughs> and I will be your master gardener. I will grow all the food. Oh, I got you. And so it was just like more abundance too. Like just more and it more, uh, yeah, just like something money cannot buy. Um, because she trusts my mission. She trusts like what I'm, what I'm here to serve and, um, queen warrior, like, you don't think of a warrior archetype as, as the queen. Like the queen is the one that's like on the throne and like doesn't actually go out and fight. But in this card, in this archetype, it's like go out and fight and you are you are the queen as a result of doing the fight. Like like I was saying, like go to work and you know, whatever, you will build your kingdom as a result of that. 
I'm just like tripping a little bit of how perfect this card is. Like, thank you. That, that just made me realize, uh, I think it's, it's either just before or just after the new moon, Venus also moves into Aries out of Pisces. So we have like Mm -hmm. very beginning of Pisces, new moon, very beginning of Aries, Venus, and then like Saturn at the tail end of Aquarius. So it is this nice like spread we have kind of, um, Venus and Aries being like femme fatale warrior <laughs> badassery like wonder woman shit wow so and like yeah like female archetypes coming into your life or feminine feminine wisdom coming in like very quick like the fact that like yeah. i'm gonna have a bunch of plants in here like sunny's gonna come and propagate all my plants and we're gonna have plants in here and i was i didn't know what plants to buy because i don't want to like them to die she's like oh yeah you can just pay me um and I can come and like make sure none of your plants die every week or every month. And I'm like, that would be great. Cause like, you know, you don't want to be a studio owner and have like dead plants <laughs> like, <not a> good... <laughs> or no plants. You know? so right now I'm like, no plant. I'm status, no plants, except for like one cactus. <laughs> yeah. A lot of my babies are, uh, I think past the point of return, but time for new plants. It's sad. it's sad to see that. Well, I'm excited because she's going to teach me how to prevent that. I just like, you know, you have to like know these things. And traditionally we have mothers and elders and teachers that do these, teach us these things, but our society is shifting so much. So we have to find the resources. So yeah. yeah um, thank you for reading the Oracle. It was really beautiful. Um, I'm just going to share my screen so we can see the chats. Um, I wanted to bring this to everybody's attention before we go into the charts too. Um, Alula and I have offered to uh, give away two free readings, 45 minute readings with us virtually um, for reviews of the podcast. So in order to uh, win your reading, um, you just have to write a nice review. Hopefully you feel inclined to give us a five-star review um, and then go to starryline.com and there'll be a place on the website. I'm going to launch the new website today, later today. So if you want to go check it out, everything's kind of updated. Um, and on the site, it's going to give you a button where you can um, just fill out a form to let me know the username of your review, because when you write a review like this person who wrote a review back in May, thank you. We love you. Um, this was May of 2022. The username is my snap is, and then the username on her, I guess, or Snapchat. Um, the username here is changed to this app <laughs> or um, fire OD something crazy. Um, so you have to let me know what your username is so I can announce you as a winner on the podcast in the future. Um, so we already have 112, um, nearly five-star reviews. We have 4.9 review and the more reviews that we get, the more we can reach people. So, um, we really want to, um, get some more reviews. We have reviews from 2019, 2020, and one review from 2022 it was a slow beginning, but 2023, we're trying to pop off and, um, we would love if you could write a review for us. And if you want to win a reading, just go to the website, um, drop your email, um, just your name and your username. And we're going to pull the winner on the next podcast. Hopefully if we have some people to, to, uh, 
announced. So there's two winners. And if you write a review, you will always be in the draw from now till pretty much the end of time. We'll just keep like a list and we'll keep pulling from it. And you don't have to feel like you have to keep reviewing, but if you want to keep reviewing from different devices, <laughs> we would love that. So um, I just wanted to, to make that known. Um, but we'll jump into the new moon in Pisces and um, kind of go over this chart. So the new moon in Pisces is on February 20th, which is a Monday of 2023. It is at 2.05 a.m. and it's actually Lula's birthday. <laughs> so that's really, really cool. Um, it's a first degree uh, new moon and Venus is coming off of its conjunction with Neptune. Um, Mars is direct at the same degree as Uranus, kind of curious. Um, it's also trining Mercury in Aquarius and Mercury is applying to a conjunction to Saturn. We had just, we are about to experience the sun Saturn conjunction this Thursday, which is my birthday. Um, yeah. So, um, we've got the energy of this, of the sun or Saturn in a new cycle, um, and Mercury that's going to cross Saturn over this lunation. So yeah, we can start off by talking about, um, Pisces energy and the Pisces new moon, the degree is at. um, Alula, I'd love to hear your thoughts are on this i know you've been meditating on this chart and um you have a first degree sun so a new new moon there is uh definitely something you can speak to oh yeah thank you um it's almost like i want to speak to it by inviting everyone to maybe i don't want to say don't speak but <laughs> it's uh to me i mean especially the very beginning of pisces it, it's kind of like we float away from the again the very heavy Aquarian mental thinking and it's just about feeling using our spidey senses and tapping into what transcends and is beyond uh, words beyond language mm -hmm. if we look at nature it's incredible how animals trees everything communicates without a written language so uh one of my favorite things about the beginning of Pisces season is I think it's an opportunity, especially in, in winter in the Northern hemisphere, for those of us that are up North, um, it's kind of that final breath of winter before we give way to the excitement of spring equinox. So really just going slow and integrating what's come up in the last season. So yeah, winter in the North, summer in the South. Um, mm. And letting that information settle and land. And I think that's another piece of the intuition that Pisces brings. It's like, sure, we need our mental capacities. That's part of our human experience. And that's, it's incredible that we do have such robust written language to express with. But I think beginning of Pisces helps us shift to understand how sometimes verbal or written spoken language can actually be limiting. Oh, yeah. Not always, but again, as, as such chatty little humans uh, <laughs> to really just be quiet and oh, what, I mean, what a perfect new moon. We've been talking about sound healing this whole podcast, but um, those of you that have access or even just like pull up a YouTube video of some Tibetan chimes, singing bowls, anything beautiful to you, um, to more like tonal vibrational information is Pisces to me. Yes, definitely. Frequency. 
Um, Jupiter is the largest planet in our solar system and all the planets give off a vibration, but it's interesting that, I mean, I know that sound, um, like music is connected to Pisces, but it's also connected to Taurus and Venus. Um, but in my, like, um, I have like these quick guides that I've created from my research and Pisces is the sign that is listed as like the musical sign. Um, so yeah, I find it really interesting that the Pisces new moon is when these are going to kind of get their first, uh, sound bath experience. So the group of people, oh. so yeah, sound, sound is definitely really healing during this season. I'm noticing too, we have an interesting, um, so yeah, at the time of the new moon, Venus is still in Pisces just by a few, a few minutes, I think. Um, yeah. So she's in a quite a tight sextile to, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Pluto and Capricorn, which is also, I guess the last time we'll have that because Pluto will be moving into Aquarius in the spring. So uh, that's, in, that's in, I'm just feeling into that. I mean, I guess we can, we can view the, the sextile as Venus, like, uh, moves ahead of Pluto is kind of like Persephone coming back up to the surface of the earth, right? Venus being Persephone and Pluto being Hades. Um, so the sextile, I feel like, especially as she enters Aries, it's almost like really breaking through to the surface level, um, from the underworld, <laughs> so to speak. And we can view the underworld as winter in this chart, I would say with Pluto and the cardinal winter sign of Capricorn for the, again, for those of us in the Northern hemisphere. Um, yeah. So I think the question that poses that I'm curious to ask people to ask themselves is, uh, let me find words. What are sort of the final things you want to release before we do get into the spring season? Cause this is the last lunation of winter and again just emphasizing that slowness um what are you ready to literally just wash away you know like we can assess how dirty things are so to speak and uh <laughs> trip ourselves out about it and and get caught up in the chaos but ultimately at what point can we just say okay i'll grab the hose and wash it away now <laughs> That's what's true for me looking at that aspect in particular. Yeah. Um, I think of like transformation coming through relationship, transformation with our relationship with, with resources, with really embodying our values. Cause I feel like that's been the main less lesson for me. Um, like with what I was saying before, like if I don't charge a lot, people think I don't value myself. What if I don't charge a lot and I embody valuing myself? Yeah. <laughs> There's a, there, that's the difference, you know, like if you don't charge a lot and you feel ashamed, you feel, you know, like you're doing this because you don't respect yourself, but not, not because you want to be of service or some other reason. Um, yeah. It's a different, it's a different experience. You give what you get. So I just feel like with uh, this Venus, Venus, uh, Pluto sextile, sextiles are ruled by Venus. Venus is in her exaltation and Capri uh, Pluto is coming out of Capricorn. Um, 
very soon here. It's at the final degree of Capricorn where it's been since 2008. Oh, do you yeah. know? I think that's about right. 2008. That's right. Yeah. A long yeah. time. Um, so yeah, it's like a rethinking of like how we, how we relate to the government, how we relate to uh, our foundation, how we do business, um, how we create material wealth from our foundation up. Like what is our foundation? And um, are we being creative in that process? Like the Pisces energy really encourages us to be more fluid and less like Capricorn is very structured and very rigid and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Traditional. Whereas like Pisces is new age, open, creative, fluid, uh, changing, mutable. So there's a change going on with how we are regarding even our own ability to, to manifest what we want, how we heal, how we, you know, overcome our fears, because that's what Pluto represents. Like for me, when I was getting that sound healing with Sunny, I, I was getting clear because the, the sound is like, the sound is connecting us to the frequency of the universe. Yeah. And when you're tapped into the frequency of the universe, you're able to hear the truth. And I was trying not to think, but we're human. So my mind was just like, telling me that all the things I, I still want to do, they can happen really fast. Mm. It's just a matter of being creative about it and um, asking for it, opening to it. So yeah, I think that this is kind of what's happening, especially with Venus coming off of uh, Neptune. Like we've been in a really deep dream state, especially over what we value. And we've been having to grapple with some of our fears, but this sextile is going to really complete it. So it's so cool that it's on the new moon. Um, I would check out where you have Capricorn and Pisces and see how these two parts are playing and, you know, communicating with one another. And that can give you insight to how you can make more money as well, like where your money can flow from. Um, and if it's not money, it might just be pleasure, or creativity or the feminine artistic expression. Yeah. The, um, the Pisces new moon is at the first degree of Pisces. Um, and that degree is ruled by Saturn. <laughs> Saturn. And this is the um, eight of cups. So I know, Lula, you, this is your degree. So I know you <laughs> probably meditated on this a lot. Um, so do you have anything you want to share about that? Oh yeah. Sorry. You just made me laugh. Um, eight of cups is an interesting card. It's, it's kind of, um, Ooh, I don't want to, I don't want to put like a heavy tone to it, but in a lot of ways it is kind of a card of like disappointment or, um, ennui. <laughs> yeah. So I think, uh, it is interesting, like beginning of Pisces, it, it is nice that we're getting this, uh, Venus kind of anchoring the final degree of Pisces just as we're getting this new moon in the very beginning of Pisces because this first decade that eight of cups energy it's almost like um, Pisces being the last sign of the zodiac as well like there is sort of a sense of mourning as much as it's like a dreamy um, 
realm to tap into with Pisces and there's a lot of like magic and mysticism and illusion um I think we first have to kind of like mourn what's what's no longer right the water that has already flowed down the stream deserves its reverence of mourning and then we the next decade then we move into the nine of cups and it's uh very romantic very like in love with life kind of card but it first requires again that that initial shedding and sort of cleansing yeah it's funny because like as you're speaking and telling me what's on the forecast I'm like I don't have anything to let go like I'm not disappointed (laughs) it's like I don't admit like uh loss but we're not actually in that. The sun is not in this place. We are not in the new moon at this very moment. There's about a week or so, like five days until this, this new moon. And that's what's really interesting about astrology is that like in the moment, if you're looking ahead, you might not feel the truth of these esoteric, mystical divination systems. Because the divination system is going to tell you what to expect. Like, what is the cycle? What is the the Deccan, the nakshatra, the house, the sign, all these different ways of looking at the symbols. And you might not like be, you might not anticipate it. But then when you're in it, you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> right? So, um, yeah, like, no need to feel disappointed at this, mo- at this moment with whatever. But um yeah you might find that when you're moving through this lunation you're shedding stuff you're you're becoming humbled by that truth of whatever it is like I know some of my story of what I was saying about the studio and all the things I had to change I think I've kind of gone through a big shedding with that but I wonder what else will come up um that will feel relevant to this process of disappointment I have this little bitty tarot deck And um, it says upright, the eight of cups, it is time to walk away from a disappointing situation or relationship. You wanted to work, but alas, it hasn't. And the only option is for you to move on with your life. Reverse, it says, do you stay or do you go? You are caught between walking away from a disappointing situation or trying to last, trying one last time to make things better. But can the circumstances really improve or is it a lost cause? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, it's interesting too, like being true to the glyph of Pisces, it's two fish swimming in opposite directions, but they're tethered together. So it's funny that the first decade, like, uh, you know, uh, Pisces traditional ruler being Jupiter, and then this first decade being sub-ruled by Saturn, uh, the antithesis to Jupiter, it is very much those seemingly oppositional fish, but it's just highlighting the... um, the importance of like reconciling that duality and like I think beginning of Pisces season can be disorienting in that like which way do I go and it it, sometimes it is like the resident one degree Pisces in the house sometimes you just have to like tap into the universal sadness because it's just as valid and important as the universal joy and the love like um I, I I I'm I apologize that I don't remember who this quote is from and I'm probably paraphrasing, but there's like a sentiment that uh, grief or like grief, sadness, disappointment, these are all just kind of energies of love that was never expressed. So I think in that way, it's like such a (laughs) profound thing. Like you're you're kind of uh, 
and it's eight of cups like you're kind of emptying the cups that have maybe been full but have gotten stagnant or murky or maybe like time to release a cup that was never really full to begin with um and there's yeah disappointment is is also a sacred frequency right like we're here to experience as humans and i think pisces helps us reconcile um like happy emotion good sad emotion bad like no it's all of it it's all of it and sometimes have you ever had those moments where you have such a big cry of sorrow that afterwards your heart just feels just so lit up and you're able to feel the joy again underneath it so um from a pisces to the world like i'm hugging you all if you want to let yourselves cry a little bit we all need that sometimes (laughs) can you say that quote again i was really trying to register it and burn it in my mind yeah that uh I, i think the quote itself was more specifically that grief is love that was uh was never like yet sorry grief is love that had to be expressed that maybe wasn't like that's what mourning is right like when someone you love passes away or like a relationship ends you you're mourning because there's so much love there that it's like in our human selves it's hard to process all of that love that's that's the energy of grief of mourning Mm. but like such a beautiful thing right like what's what's more sacred Wow. And it's like, we have to shed those tears over mourning what's been lost to be able to cleanse ourselves and create, free up that space for the, the birth that wants to come in the fairy season. Yeah. And that's I, why Pisces is like, as much as it's a water sign, I perceive it, it, it's kind of ether, you know, because it's that like liminal space where like, once you mourn in that first decade, then you have these, these the rest of Pisces season is just like, there's so much energy. Possible. Yeah. Yeah. It goes from Jupiter as the Deccan ruler to then Mars as the Deccan ruler and you just gain momentum. That's what I was thinking is like Saturn is the Deccan ruler and Saturn is about um, restriction and stagnation. Like some of the themes for Saturn are just trying to get the, the visuals right here. So we've got boundaries to do it okay so boundaries commitment maturity authority focus work foundation misfortune this is where the disappointing keywords come in stagnation procrastination rejection opposition restriction struggle discipline and perseverance um so yeah i mean if you think about what it feels like to be rejected, the almost, (laughs) I mean, I don't know about all the time, but there's almost an initial reaction of like disappointment. Like no one wants to get a no. You don't go out in the world and be like, Hey, do you want this? And someone's like, no. And you're like, Oh, okay, great. And actually that's the best way. That's the best way to keep going. You and I have gone door to door selling solar and we know, we know what it's like. Yeah, this was a 20, what was that 2021? So if, you, if you've been through a rough time, like, we you know, we've been there. We, we were going door to door, y'all. Um, knocking we, on doors. We were knocking yeah. on doors, strangers' houses, selling <laughs> solar. It's so like residential solar, um, trying to save 
trying trying to save the planet and and pay our bills and um until we realized that this is the work we're meant to be doing and that's why we're live on the podcast right now um but you know when you're going door to door if you're going door to door literally like knocking on strangers houses and being like hey are you interested in like have you heard about the new york state program for solar or whatever that i don't remember the pitch because i'm so i've so detached myself from it um but the only way to knock a hundred doors in a day, which is like the, the gold standard, like goal as a door knocker is to just like take someone's rejection. I would always, I, I was a regional manager and I would manage um, like 60 people at a time, like big teams of people. And I would train people on how to go door to door. And I would teach them energy. I would teach them um, basically like esoteric tools to not lose their mind while doing this stuff. And I would always tell them like, you have to take the no and use it as compost. Like every time someone says no, I'm not interested, it is, you cannot, you cannot grow the most amazing portfolio or results without your compost, without your rejection, without the shit, you know? Um, so, you know, take every piece of rejection as, you know, a moment of glory because it's part of the puzzle and um, any reflection you might have on like procrastinating over the last year or allowing yourself to, you know, um, stagnate or obsess over the struggle of your life or allow yourself to remain in a position that feels super restricted or maybe you just like are resentful that life is restricting you. But this is, this is like the time in the season where we get to really alchemize to create that composting energy. Um, yeah, and it's done, it's done through the water sign of Pisces and it's all about letting go. It's all about releasing, sorry, I was waving to my friend who didn't see me in the window. (laughs) 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 Pisces. I I love that you're saying compost because I just like, like poop grows flowers. Yeah. Grows flowers. Poop takes a long time to, to come up. You can't, you don't just like poop instantly either. Saturn is like long-term karma, like <laughs> long-term cycles. Like it takes a bit, it takes a little bit to get a good poop, you know? You need some you good can, Everyone, everyone um, check out Paul Check. He's an amazing uh, holistic lifestyle coach. And I have his book and he recommends that you, you poop three times a day. Breakfast, Let's lunch, and dinner. A 12-inch poop three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's phenomenal. Like, that's goals, y'all. I mean, I'm pretty close to that, but not to talk too much about our shit, but, like, just as a note, like, please try to eat enough food where you hit that goal because that means you're nourished and your digestive tract is moving and your your bones and your blood are getting enough nutrients. You're a composting um, empress. You are composting, right? But you can't, you can't like get a 12 inch poop three times a day unless you're like eating a lot, you're, you're exercising. There's a whole thing. There's a whole like Saturnian process <laughs> um, of discipline to, 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 to experience that level of health. Um, so yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's, that's perfect. Coming out of Capricorn and then Aquarius, all this Saturn energy. It's, it's perfect. Last thing I just want to add to that. Yeah. Uh, if we look at the, like the, the yogic bodies, like 
you have yes. your physical body. And then the next one, your, your second body is the negative mind. And then it's through the negative mind that you move to the third body, the positive mind. So when we talk about disappointment, mourning, pooping, like it's, you have to give out, you can't just bypass that. Like you have to give validation to the seemingly negative to be able to alchemize it into the positive to then come to the fourth body, which is neutral. And love exists in the neutral field. It's, it transcends, you know, neither good nor bad. Um, so yeah, move through the poop. So in the yogic, can you repeat the first part of that? You were saying in the yogic tradition, I just want to, that was really, that was really a profound statement. So. Oh, thanks mama. Yeah. So the, yeah. the yogic bodies, the, so we have our physical body. Then the second body is the negative mind. Um, what's the, what's the positive has, mind? Is that the body? No, no, no. The physical body is the physical body. Then it's the negative mind is the second body, second layer yeah. of aura you could say. Yeah. Um, the third body is the positive. Oh, okay. okay. I'm like, the fourth, <laughs> yeah. So negative, then, then positive, And then the fourth body is neutral. So you can't like, I, I think in our culture, there's a lot of, um, inund inundation in like the, the wellness field of kind of bypassing the negative. And I think that's why the beginning of Pisces is so important to lean into, like, where do you need to cry? Where do you need to, let yourself feel sad and disappointed and express grief because again, it's only once we move all of that, that we uncover the positive mind. And then through the positive mind, we reconcile those seemingly oppositional fish of Pisces, right? If <laughs> then we get to true neutral. Wow. That's super interesting. Like I've done a lot of readings in the last week and I've noticed a theme that, um, people, unless, unless they're neutral, but a lot of times, like people start off a reading, like about to cry, at least with me, I have a cancer wound. So they're like, Oh, and I was literally my eyes. first meeting with you. I was just like crying the whole time. Yeah. A lot of people cry with me. Like I have a Scorpio rising. So my, my field just like penetrates. I'm like, so like, what is like here? I feel you, I'm here for you. So a lot of people were starting off crying and in this like grieving of their life and just feeling disappointed, like with their, with their life. They're like, why? Like my karma feels really rough right now. And it, it would start off really negative. I'm, I embrace that. I'm like, thank you so much for revealing your pain because that's the only way we're going to alchemize and yeah, like you, you are nothing without your pain. If you just suppress your pain, numb your pain, disassociate from your pain, like you're really not tapping into your power. So oh my God. yeah, a lot of the clients were starting off very, you know, melancholy and just disappointed with themselves. It seemed like, and I don't, I feel so, I don't want my clients to think that this is a full projection, but yeah, like just the vibration of negativity. It's like, oh man, like I'm disappointed in this part of my life. Like, what do you see? Where's the pot? Where's the light? And that's the question. They're like, here's what I'm going through. Like, how can you help me? How can the planets help me? And we'll talk about the negative and we'll talk about the positive. And then they, their field starts opening up. Their heart starts opening up. They get this rush of like joy. And by the end of the session, they're completely neutral. Because that's my style too, is I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get them to understand that the peace lies in neutrality all the time. Yes. Not, this, this, neutrality are very different things. 
yeah like you you can you can become like neutral I guess through dissociation but I feel like neutrality at its finest is like being like fully conscious of the negative and the positive and just being in a state of of acceptance yeah yeah beautifully said oh and it's just like true oh man I love Pisces season. <laughs> I think too, like what's the greatest love language you could ever give someone is like to love them through their grief and to, mm, it's just, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Something to be aware of that we're all going to be in this like seasonal state of letting go until the dates are here, um, February 28th. So March 1st is when we, we really come out of that, which is so interesting, right? Cause like, wow. I wonder if March 1st is like intentionally, like if they ended, if they ended the month of February on the 28th so that March 1st could be the Jupiter Deccan. Oh, when they were making the Gregorian calendar up? Yes. Yeah. Like that just seems too coincidental. That's interesting. Is the age of Pisces when the Gregorian calendar was made? Huh. Really interesting. Oh my God. That's really mind blowing to me. Because I want to talk there is so profound. Like the beginning of March, you just feel like, is it March? Yeah. Not May. Sometimes I confuse those in my head. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> March (laughs) March has a vibe, you know, like March is just like, I think I, yeah, I feel like, what is that song? Um, Hurrah, hurrah. Hurrah. (laughs) The ants come marching in. Hurrah, how does it go? Hurrah. One by one, the ants. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that. Marching down to the ground. And then, that's like March, you know. It's just like this. It's just like okay, we're going. Like it's very fearless kind of energy. Yeah, it's almost like first deck in. Like oh, I love that. Thank you for the the ants. <laughs> 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 but it's so true. It's like first deck in of Pisces. It's the morning because we're melting the ice of Aquarius season. So like literally, like our tears of like stoicism. Oh and, yeah, like, yeah, and then second deck in into the third yeah it's like okay now that water seeps into the ground and starts flowing and nurturing in preparation for spring so nice yeah okay great so we've got the decan of the first degree of pisces um we can read off some qualities of pisces so pisces is the two fish ruled by jupiter it is nocturnal mutable and water so it is the yin expression of jupiter Um, It is inspirational, compassionate, receptive, intuitive, romantic, vulnerable, emotional, empathetic, spiritual, I'm sorry, empathic, spiritual, abstract, introverted, sensitive, humble, impressionable, artistic, musical, reflective, dreamy, holistic, and meditative. Mm. So those are some of the qualities that come in this season and also Taurus on this chart does say musical so they Taurus and Pisces have this like musical quality um I'm 
really freaking mind blown that um, I'm doing a sound healing for the Pisces new moon. It's going to be a donation based sound healing. And you know what? I, I don't know if anything will come of it, but I can stream it online. And if anybody wants to leave a donation, I'm actually raising money for a BIPOC elder in my community that recently had a part of his intestines removed and he needs some financial assistance. So um, I am doing my best to just try to support him from a distance. And um, I decided to do a sound healing bath um, on the Pisces new moon to raise money for um, Damien. So Mm. Yeah, it's just like crazy that I, I just inherited these these tools and I'm doing the first initiation of them with myself on this new moon. And it's a very musical time. So if you want to join, you can join me on YouTube. But I also encourage you to study um, just like toning and singing and, you know, getting into your own musical practice, especially as a ritual for this new moon. Yeah, that can be really healing. Um Another thing I'm doing is I'm starting a, a Reiki teacher training this weekend at the Golden Drum um, with That's Brooke awesome. Flying Bear. I don't know Brooke's last name, but Brooke Flying Bear. And I'm not sure the other teacher off the top of my head, but yeah, just like amazing, like spiritual opening. I mean, for me, I'm very aware of like the seasons and I'm like down for all the timing of like, okay, it's time. I need to go do this Reiki training. <laughs> but yeah, doing anything that connects you to the ethers, to um, your emotions to being aware of your hypersensitivity, like, and here it's saying sensitive, abstract, um, intuitive. So doing things that are intuitive, impressionable. So like art is a great thing, artistic all during the season. It's funny because impressionable too, like thinking of like literal impressions, um, for those of you that maybe like music isn't a quick resonance or connection. If you're willing to like be weird with yourself and go there and play, I would say even like like impersonating or doing impressions of different animals can be really healing. Like, mm. you know, I love some aquatic like dolphin whale sounds. It's so healing. <laughs> you do. You so do. I just wanted to in invite that level of play too. Cause that's uh yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Um, so yeah, what else? So I would say, let's look at the, the Deccan ruler or the um, domicile ruler of this chart and the, the lead goes to Saturn and Aquarius. So the way we find the Deccan ruler is just to look at, um, I'm just going to get our, our faces back up, our beautiful faces. Um, the way that you find the Deccan ruler is just to see like where the planets are at, whose sign they're in. And, and if there's any planets in their home sign and you'll see as we go. So like Mercury is in Aquarius, Aquarius ruled by Saturn. Saturn is in Aquarius. Saturn is at home. Um, the sun and the moon are in Pisces ruled by Jupiter. Jupiter is in Aries and Aries is ruled by Mars. Mars is in Gemini ruled by Mercury, which is in Aquarius. So we've got the moon, the sun, Jupiter and Mars connecting back to Mercury and Mercury is ruled by Saturn. So all these planets are connected to Saturn. And then Venus is in Pisces, ruled by Jupiter, ruled by Mars, ruled by Mercury, ruled by Saturn. So the, the, the final domicile or ruler of the chart is Saturn and Aquarius at the 28th degree. Um, and just a couple of days before this new moon, 
maybe three days, um, the sun and Saturn are, are going to align in a conjunction. That's Thursday. I think it's Thursday morning. Um, I, I, like 11 o'clock, 11 o'clock. Yeah. I can't believe it's tomorrow. Like, wow. Yeah. So Thursday, uh, February 16th at like 11, 1130, um, these two planets are going to align. And what this means is that Saturn is going to begin rising as a morning star. And Saturn is going to be moving through a new cycle with the sun that it will go through for the next year because the sun meets with Saturn because the sun moves faster than Saturn. But it is a new beginning um, with the year. And Adam Allenboss um, of Nightlight Astrology did a really nice talk on this if you want to, you know, go deeper for like 35 minutes on this topic. Um, but it was really insightful because he was talking about really the positive aspects of this conjunction. And especially because the conjunction is happening just before Saturn moves into Pisces in March. Um, it's really helping us to claim uh, our own ability to take responsibility for things and be mature, be open, be I'm trying to like think of what exactly Adam said and then also not also not paraphrase him, but great, great talk. Um, I think just thinking about the fact that it's going to be a morning star, like we haven't been able to see Saturn in the sky because it's been under the rays of the sun. So just being able to see Saturn, I think it's like we we also get access to like timelines. Like I'm talking about now Sunny and I are going to be doing sound healing and maybe buying property or she's going to be my gardener. Like all the things that I've been wanting um, this year, the last three years, my whole life, like it's starting to come and be visible now. So the things that we've been waiting for, the things that we've been wanting to be um, building a foundation with, we get to really see coming after uh, the sun Saturn conjunction and um yeah, so Saturn ruling this new moon in Pisces, I think is, I mean, I was in class this morning and my mantra while I was practicing was my strength is in my patience. Mm. And as, as soon as I, as soon as I told myself that, cause I was doing balancing postures and falling out of them. And I just said like, strength is in patience, strength is in patience in my mind. And I became very patient with like the micro movement of lifting my foot off the ground and moving my gaze and contracting the muscles to make it work. And I held the pose the whole 10, 20 seconds, like without even thinking because mm -hmm. all I was focused on was like being patient. And then once you kind of lose the, lose the thought, the focus, it's just like, and now I'm here. Now I'm neutral. Now I, I have arrived. I'm not thinking. I'm not trying to balance. I'm, I'm not even trying to be patient anymore. I just am, I am patient. I am slow. I am steady. Um, everything is coming to me. I am grateful for what I am manifesting and the time that is taking. I'm grateful for the time that I have. I'm grateful for the ability for me to move through this process and not rush, for example, a balancing pose or my life, you know? So yeah, I think that with the morning of things, it's like, but realizing how much we've learned and um, that that gives us a sense of authority with, with our lives, with ourselves. Um, yeah. And I think that people are going to want to, there's a lot of like stepping up. Like I'm realizing that the people that I want to 
that I wish to collaborate with. Like for example, a farmer that wishes to grow my garden. I always like, I hope I can find someone and like here, Sunny, like, please, like, right. you know, there might be investors that want to help, you know, buy a piece of land and build cob homes on it and put it on Airbnb. That's what I want to do. I just need investors. And there might be people that are completely like ready to step up and begin that project, even though it might be scary. So I think there's like a lot of like a collective, like personal election. Like I am this authority and I'm going to show up and I'm going to let go of the way maybe it didn't work in the past. I'm going to get creative. So mm. that's what comes mm -hmm. up for me when I look at this. Delicious. Yeah. Yeah. I think too. Oh, I'm just, uh, yeah. That beautiful uh, day I had with, with my friend Amber, it's like, even though she's a new friend in this lifetime, a lot of that bonding and like the divineness of the sisterly love that was felt like we both were vulnerable and like sharing sadness. And it was our first time hanging out and like, just again, going, I'm, I'm looping back to that uh, first degree Pisces energy as well. But um, it's all just so divinely timed. Like what a gift truly. <laughs> yeah. So incredible. Yeah, I wanted to look at the final decan of, of Aquarius, which is the moon. Um, and that's where Saturn is in Saturn's position as the decan, as the domicile ruler. So just to look at some of the significations of the moon, um, the moon connects us to our ego. Do you want to pause? <laughs> Hard pause. <laughs> Just pause for that real quick. Just soak it in because, you know, it's like Saturn is Saturn, which rules our karma and our maturity is in the secondary place of rulership. Like, like it's um, the Deccan I think of as like a, like a sister planet or like a helper, like in its, in its home place. Um, so yeah, like, the partner in evolving with your maturity is working with the moon, which is working with your ego. Mm -hmm. um, so some other significations of the moon is emotion, self-expression, the unconscious, our mood, um, how we nurture our instincts, the past uh, memories. Um, so that's really interesting. I want to expand on that. Like new moon in Pisces ruled by Saturn in the final decan of Aquarius with a signature of like memories. Oh God. That's really powerful because like, I feel like some of the things that I am, I'm leaning into, like I, I lean into them with a lot more confidence because I have so many memories of like the same desire, like looping. Like I bought these instruments because it's, I've desired this for a long time. I'm doing a Reiki training because I've desired it for a long time, right? So um, the memory of like something you've been desiring can kind of like motivate you to go ahead and do it. Um, or memories of like past trauma might make you feel timid to do something in this new moon in a new cycle. Um, and I guess it's important to learn from those things. It's so interesting too. Yeah. And, um, 
I, ugh, whatever. I'm terrible with like citing sources and what I think that's all fine and dandy in the matrix, but it's, you know, the Akashic records hold so much more. Um, but I believe like they've, they've done scientific studies where they're finding like memory is more related to our emotion than it is our logic, our mind or the sun, right? So it is more the, like governed by the moon um, that we might even find like things that have more of a neutral presence or we interact with them in a neutral way. We might not have as severe of a memory of it because we're, we're present, right? And we're not attaching uh, an emotional identity to a moment, whether it's good or bad. Like our, our memory is strengthened by how strong of an emotional reaction we have to something is what I'm trying to say. Um, so that is really interesting. And it's almost like the, our emotions are the language of how our ego interacts with the divine. Let me, yeah. let me, let me find that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, what are we really emotional about? We're emotional about our separate our, our the illusion of our separation from the divine. Yeah. I was talking with my husband yesterday on our little Valentine's day dinner. And I was going on a tangent about like the fact that we are, we are all just this like externalization of this like source energy it's really kind of crazy like when we're born or when we're when you think when like you're a kid and your kid you're like looking at your hands and you're like what the fuck is this what the fuck like what does this do what is this like what is that you know like what is this because what's this what's this there's magic in it okay thank you thank you thank you <laughs> What movie is that? That's uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. But, yeah, and I'm ironic. Exactly. So, um, I'm so wiggly right now. I feel so charged. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't want to go too much on a tangent about you know existential thoughts, but it's just that um, that feeling of like we are our soul it belongs here. It's part of this, but our soul is part of like this creative source that is not limited to like this place. And yeah, I mean, I'm like, I'm getting tired. I think I need a break. Um, <laughs> I think I want to take like a five minute break, a three minute break. <laughs> um, but just to finish my thought. Yeah. yeah. I just think it's really kind of crazy that not crazy, but yeah, like we, we are these existential beings that are not limited. To, we are limited to this body, but like we will leave the body and like continue to create in the universe. So it's crazy that this thing that we're standing on and that we are manifestations of like God consciousness or source consciousness that we're just like playing out some, some thing yeah it's all just a big cosmic play ultimately right <laughs> yeah I think the ego really makes us feel like we're in control that we like it gives us all these like 
thoughts of worthlessness. Mm. But you would never think that of really anything too much outside of yourself. Like I've been, I've been seeing people and just being like, Holy smokes. Like this is crazy. Like this person is just like an extension of the earth, like walking toward me and talking to me and has a personality and, ha- and re- remembers things differently than I do. And like, well, it's like a kaleidoscope of consciousness. Um, so I don't even know why I was going on that tangent, but I think it's indicative of taking a little break. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, I'd love to, oh, my book is falling apart. This shows you how long I've had this. Uh, the page fell out. The Pisces page just fell out of the book. So I want to go over the Karasad astrology and maybe some aspects of the new moon. And then we can go into some of the transits leading up to the full moon. Yeah. We've been live for about an hour and a half and um, we were like, this will be a short one. We're going to hit two hours. We'll get it at two hours, hopefully. But um, yeah, I I think we'll be back in like two minutes unless you want to entertain Lula. You know, it's short. (laughs) Yeah, great. Uh, I don't know if you need a bathroom break, um, but that's kind of why I definitely need to get up. Yeah, do your thing. I'm, I think I'm content for now. Okay. Oh. Talk to the people. I'll Talk to the people. Give them what they want. Yeah, exactly. um, <laughs> do you want me to leave anything up in particular? I can actually leave you up. Yeah. So they see your face. Right. Oh, what what's a good story to tell or hmm maybe it's just quiet time with Alula. <laughs> why don't we do that let's do some breathing oh so oh man the beauty oh, one of the many facets of beauty to me in Pisces season it really is that infinite Miss, um, being able to tap into all of it, right? Everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> and so, I particularly find with Pisces season, when it comes to the breath, as best as we can, just like making it like a little game almost of how full can your lungs be, and when your lungs are as full as they can be, how long can you? hold that air with, with ease, right? Just like really slowing as a means of expanding. So yeah, let's just take a few moments to breathe as deeply, fully and slowly as possible. And there is something, um, a, a yogic practice that's the one minute breath where you inhale for 20 seconds. I have yet to achieve this, but uh, maybe this is coming through to be practiced. Um, Inhaling for 20 seconds, holding for 20 seconds and exhaling for 20 seconds. And then at the, the, the emptiness of the breath, starting immediately again with breathing in. So we don't have to time ourselves, but I invite anyone that's listening to join me in breathing as slow and long and deep. So let's get a few in. Exhaling all the air. And when you're ready, breathing in. 
and taking time to finish oh, the current round of breath that you're on. It's just a little snack of an exercise to play with. <laughs> I'm curious too, um, just to observe with yourself, like what part of the breath felt the most easeful and what felt the most challenging. I know for me, the holding is almost, uh, feels, feels the easiest. And I'd say, I think the exhale is the hardest, which says a lot. <laughs> so yeah, just taking little observances in that, but um, Pisces season inviting you to go slow, but from a place of fullness, not, not necessarily a place of like dread or like dragging your feet, but um, slowly and fully. Yeah. And hello, love. Welcome. That was cool. <laughs> Thank you for grounding the group. Yeah. Okay. So um, I love, <laughs> I can hold up the page now. If you're, ever curious, if you're ever curious what this book looks like, every podcast for the last couple of months, I've been, um, oh, wow. Holy smokes. There's like colors in the page. You can't, I don't know if you can see it. Whoa. Mm. I wonder if every page is like that. What is going on here? Wow. I don't know how to describe it, but basically there's like spheres of color, like <gasps> in the page. I don't know if you can see it. Like, really close. like a little rainbow luminescence. Yeah, I don't know if he printed it like that. I don't even, I don't know. Cause in the light I can see it. What? Hang on. Whoa, 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 it's magic. Yeah, for real. Okay, I'm this sorry. Is Okay, um, well, interesting. I don't know how that's there, but that's really cool. The book that I'm using is called Carousel Astrology by Anthony or Dr. Anthony James of the Soma Veda School of Natural Medicine. And I've, I studied with him back in 2014. And so this book's pretty old, it's almost 10 years old. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and um, yeah, so he created this system of 52 correlations of the chakras and interesting things to help you along your healing path. So according to his system, which I'm kind of realizing a trend, I guess not. What? Um, it's not, I was like looking at other chakras and it doesn't follow the same logic, but, um, oh wait, wait, wait. Oh, okay, y'all, this is what I was seeing. It's there's two pages stuck together and I'm like, how is this? This is what I was seeing, Lula. Wow. But I thought it was like in the page, like in the, like, <laughs> like this. I'm like, how is that happening? It's so trippy. Like what the fuck? There's colors. Okay. Yeah. So the book's falling apart. Um, <laughs> Yes. Um, oh, cool. This is cool. I never, I never really read the first part of the chapter for the chakra, but basically some of the chakra correlations, even like colors or um, astrology signs, like might be different from some practices that you've practiced with, but I think it's cool to have a reference. So um, the seventh chakra is known as the place of the spiritual or transmutation. It is the seat of human perfection. 
and it is correlated to Pisces. Um, it is unit. It is the united energy of all other chakras. It is a true beginning and the end of the energetic cycle or of the energetic or matrix body. It is where the personal energy field interfaces with the universe. It is the fear of completeness, wholeness, and integrity. Uh, Saraswara is where knowledge and being united with total comprehension beyond the vision and sphere of the third eye. As we no longer separate with arbitrary distinctions, the real and the unreal, we see from the vaulted viewpoint of oneness with everything. Any opening here is reflected as rising of the vibrational level of all the chakras. Seventh chakra cannot be blocked, only more or less open or more or less developed. It is called to slow down. It is a call to slow down and look inside disharmony one is less open and will feel separate alone apart and fearful one may exhibit excessive external activity sometimes called busy work there are many also there may also be tangible and terminal illnesses common in this body all forms of yoga are practiced at the highest level to support this chakra Yantra yoga using visual symbols to awaken and, and stimulate is suggested. Mm. Um, the proper function is a high spiritual chakra, perfect and complements the attunement of communal or synergistic op operation of all its facilities. It represents the information of Atman, soul, or spiritual guides and supports transformation and transmutation. The work is to work off the physical body on the light or matrix body, work off the physical body on the light or matrix body. I think it's kind of what you were talking about, about the physical body, the, the yin or the, neg the, the negative and then the yang is, you know, like get out, work, work off the physical body. I'm not sure exactly what he means by that, but we can interpret. Meditation alone on a high or remote place, perhaps climbing close to each excuse me, perhaps climb, climbing close enough to touch the heavens. Um, classic fasting, vision quest, or sun dance is suggested for this chakra. So as we get into the full 52 correlations, I'll read some of them. And um, this is, the form of it is a circle, like a full moon. Um, the color is white or rainbow. The location is just above the crown of the head, the crown chakra. Um, the dominant sense is speech. Interesting. Um, the work organ is the spirit. The associated glands is the pineal, the, thalam the thalamus, and the sex glands. The function of the associated glands of the higher immune system, the pink, uh, procreation, and psychic powers. Connects to the cranium, the cerebral cortex, and the right eye. The, om, the mantra is om. The vowel sound is M or hummed in the key of B. M hummed in the key of B. The music therapy is spiritual, noble, inspiring, and silence. Like you had said, let's just be quiet. Um, the mudra is a closed circuit mudra. So creating like a circle of some kind with your, with your hands. Um, the element is the spirit. The basic being is purity of being. There's only positive attributes to this chakra. There's no negative attribute. 
desire, extended and perfect, perfected consciousness beyond all categories of limitation and perceivable flowing unobstructively as the pure and free manifestation of energy and light. The activity is transfiguration. The nature is the samhadi pana or true being. Uh, the qualities of design are radial forms or swirling spheres. Unsatisfied karma, to be reborn as or no longer subject to the turning of the wheel of karma. I'm sorry, results of unsatisfied karma, to be reborn as no longer subject to the turning of the wheel of karma, life and death, death and rebirth, no bond with suffering, attaining nirvana when leaving the physical body, infinity. Mm. The, the Hindu deity is the guru within. Um, the Egyptian deity is Ra. The ruling planet is the sun and Neptune. And so the Ooh. astrological sign is Leo and Pisces. Um, the day of the week is Sunday. The crystals you can work with or gemstones is clear quartz crystal sulfur which I recently heard that drinking sulfur every day will help your hair grow like crazy. So we're going to implement that in Pisces season. Um, orange calcite diamond aromatherapy can work with Lotus and Olibanum flat cedar. The herbs are almond, Angelica, ash tree, bay tree, chamomile, corn, hornwort, bright eye, heart, trefoil, juniper, marigold, mistletoe, mustard, olive, rice, saffron, uh, St. John's wort, St. Peter's wort, sundew, and walnut. And the animal characteristics embodies pure illumination. And the ages it connects us to, connects us to is 7, 56, 14, 63, 21, 7, 20, 70, uh, 28, 77, 35, 84, 42, 91, 49, and 98. So that's, that's all the main things I wanted to read from this page. There's 52 correlations and I just read a couple and it's just fun to uh, kind of get that reference. I've gotten feedback from people in the audience. Like I love the carousel astrology. So I it's love it. So too. cool. Yeah. I have a poster that I got to get a frame for and hang it up. I've had the poster for like a month now and it has all the 50 correlations on one poster. So you can get that at beardedmedia.com and it's pretty cheap. It's like 30 bucks and the poster will blow your mind. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, I, I um, was thinking we can talk about some of the aspects of this chart. The only one that's really standing out to me that we didn't really chat about was Mars trying Mercury. Yeah. And then other than that, I think we can jump to some of the transits leading up to the full moon. Cool. Yeah. I'm good. Okay, great. Um, so Mars trying Mercury, I think um, trines are ruled by Jupiter. They are benefic, meaning positive, expansive, abundant, um, you become more resourceful or optimistic about things. And so Mercury ruling the mind and um, our ability to communicate with others, trining to Mars, it's like the things that we've been thinking about are able to manifest with great speed. We're able to take action on it. 
Mars is in the sign that Mercury, Mars is in Mercury sign, Mars is in Gemini and Mercury is in Aquarius. Um, and Mercury is being ruled by Saturn in its home sign. So this is a really strong, like grounding force to take action with some of the things you've been wanting to. Um, you might also just want to proceed with uh, an air of caution because Mercury is the trickster. So you might think like things are going to get off the ground really quickly and like there's so much speed, but it is still ruled by Saturn. So there needs to be that patience, that steadfast um, nature of like understanding, you know, that there's two sides to every story and not to project or to um, think you're going to save the world in one quick bit. But yeah, just, just keeping in mind that Mercury is the trickster and it isn't an aspect with a night with a malefic planet. So yeah, I think things will happen, um, but don't be too hard on yourself if it doesn't go exactly as you plan. There's a lot of room for opportunity and sometimes uh, weeds get in our garden. Yeah. And trickster energy is shamanic. So even if you do get tricked, it's because you needed to. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like we get, we get tricked so we can refine our internal compass. Yeah, like Sunny telling me, oh, yeah, I got the worst flu of my life. Like, what a trick. Because, like, you got I, guess, I guess I was supposed to, like, be the one to get them from her. Yeah, we were, we, were, we were laughing our butts off about it. <laughs> like, what the heck? Like, some things happen in life and you just think it's, like, the worst thing ever. It's so malefic. It's so painful. It's, like, not optimal. Turns out it is, though then it becomes the best thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that aspect perfects technically Tuesday, the day after the new moon, but it's very felt under the new moon. Um, I also, I'm just looking, it's interesting. So we have Mercury also sextiling Chiron under this moon. Mm. Um, so sextiles ruled by Venus. It is funny because there is that like trickster energy, but then, with the trine it's like yeah doors open for with mars but then i feel like the sextile to chiron is bringing like a nice balance of healing and i think it's uh i think the key looking at the difference in energy between like mars and chiron so i think it's don't like you were saying stuff don't rush or like force or muscle things even if you see the inspiration of like the long-term vision um because ultimately it has to be felt and uh, honed in on organically, I would say. Um, just to build off that a little bit too, I think it's interesting under this chart. Um, I mean, we're looking at it based in New York, New York. So um, for those of you in this area, this might be more like literally relative or relevant, I mean. Uh, but for those of you that aren't, we can kind of still use that as like an oracle of sorts. Um, but just that under this chart, we have Mars is also opposite the Sagittarius ascendant of the chart. So we have Mars in the seventh house. So there is sort of a potentially like new action being taken um, when it comes to our relationships, when it comes to our collaborations. Mm. So I find all of that interesting. So yeah, I I think that's (laughs) once again, relevant in, um, yes, it's a new beginning. Yes. There's, there's beautiful Piscean magic at hand and there's also uh, no need to rush it. Yeah, you know, like it's, it's like 
Mercury is the fastest moving planet. Mars is the planet of war. So it's like this energy of Jupiter aspect, expansion, optimism. It's like, oh my gosh, like here's my window, run! <laughs> but um, it is still also in, in, in Aquarius, that Mercury. So it's like the things we've been fixating on. We're able to kind of have an expansion on the details of how that's going to come, come about because uh, Gemini rules the details of everything and it rules like how an entire system works. And with Mars direct, it gives us like a lot of energy to work through that, think through that, talk about that. There's a lot of action with communication, talking, um, writing, speaking, like all the things are clarified. Even like the example of my life, my studio, like I feel super clear about what I'm promoting now and there's no hesitation. Whereas like when I created a lot of branding before, Mercury was retrograde, Mars was retrograde, and I was trying not to be superstitious and still create. And I think that's part of the work is to still create, even when things are like going backward and it's confusing because you can get to this point where where things are direct and they're aspecting in the positive way, you get like the, the, you reap what you sow, the the fruit of your labor. So yeah, um, there was something I wanted to look at oh i moved the chart ahead one day so the day after this full this new moon uh venus is going to move into aries and i don't have the exact time and get it i think she does technically enter it on on monday the 20th it's just like after the moon oh it's the same because it's very early in the day that new moon yeah um so i'll get the exact time for us um yeah it's literally 50 minutes later 50 minutes later at 2.55 in the morning, uh, Venus moves into Aries. And Alula has her Venus in Aries. So <laughs> what do you have to say about Venus in Aries, Alula? <laughs> oh, I, again, okay. It's coming up a lot this episode. I need to get better with citing sources. So that's something I would like to get better at. Um, I remember when I was first self-studying my own birth chart and just like literally just like Googling shit, which highly recommend if you're just getting your feet wet and you just want to like play around and explore. Um, an astrologer wrote an article and I, I'm, I, I know it was a, a guy and I forget his name. So I will find that and maybe we can add it in the bio because I want to give credit where it's due. But what he specifically said about Venus and Aries, and I'm going to try to quote, but it might be a paraphrase, um, is that like how did he word it um it's hard like something along the lines of it's hard to be a wonder woman a porn star and a tomboy but if anyone does it it's venus and aries (laughs) i feel like that encapsulates the energy well because there is kind of this like ruggedness or like just like down for the nitty gritty I think with Venus and Aries like there is kind of that tomboy energy but it's also like I said earlier Wonder Woman like femme fatale warrior queen the card we pulled at the start of this podcast Mm. so it's kind of all of that all at once with Venus and Aries those of you that don't have it natally like or, or those of you that do I mean Venus and Aries it can be a little hasty it can be when it comes to love and money like um a little impulsive and 
I think that's beautiful. And there's like merit to that, right? Like trusting your instinct and just kind of going with what presents itself that excites you. Um, but yeah, just, you want to tread a little, little carefully with that. Like make sure that if you're, if you're pouring yourself or diving into something quickly that you're okay, if it doesn't stick or it dissipates or changes just as quickly. I think that's really important with Venus and Aries. Cause it's quick. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> what do you what do you think about Venus being in the Mars ruled sign with Mars and Gemini and like the Gemini journey we've been on? Mm, yeah, I want to pull a card for that actually. To me, it feels like ah, okay, this is this card's coming up a lot. We have Ace of Cups. So that's actually really nice. Maybe it's bringing an emotional awareness to the the like the more physical um, very active Mars energy. It's bringing an element of, um, kind of getting our emotions on board with, with the, I guess the chaos of this Mars and Gemini transit, right? Speaking of trickster too, um, Mercury ruled sign. I, I know from myself and our conversation stuff and like a lot of conversations with friends, there seems to be, um, this last, what, how long has it been? Six months or so of um, Mars and Gemini. Yeah, just not kind of knowing which way is up necessarily. Uh, Lots of flightiness, lots of, like if you watch a bird fly, unless they're going to a clear destination when they're kind of circling or let's let's use a bug instead. Watching a bug's flight path, it makes no fucking sense to us, right? But they know exactly where they're going. So I think um, this is, I think this is that point where our, once again, our emotions get on board with that perceived crazy flight path (laughs) and we're, we're here for it. That's how I take it. Yeah. Thank you. I pulled up, um, the chart for how long Mars's cycle, um, and how long Mars has been in Gemini. So Mars has been in Gemini since August of 2022, um, which like you said is eight months, um, and Mars will be in the sign until March. So we're almost out of, uh, Mars and Gemini saga, which was, uh, over a year, over half a year. Um, so yeah, with, with Venus and a sign ruled by Mars and Gemini, that has been here all this time. I think that like the people that we've been like looking to connect with Mars rules, our desire I, I think like, I feel like Venus and Mars both have a say and desire, yeah. um, but Mar- Mars like gives us the willpower to go for that desire. It, w- it rules our ability to acquire uh, the outcome of what we desire to put in the work to, you know, exert energy. Mars is the driving force of our, our physical body and our ability to fight. And so um, Mars in Mars ruling Venus and coming out of its very long transit in Gemini. It's like the things that we've been wanting, we've been like reaching for our desire is pulling us towards what we've been having a little bit of like resistance because of the retrograde um, and whatever place in our chart that Mars is helping us to grow karmically. Uh, There might be a feminine force or especially like, how you relate to money or art, um, people, um, these kinds of things will 
be part of your driving force now that Venus is in Mars's sign. Um, so yeah, I just think that all those topics like that Venus connects to are going to get like an extra boost and it's going to feel really good. It's going to feel really soothing um, because Venus uh, is the feminine to Mars's masculine. It is the yin to the yang. And, you know, I think it's going to really like smooth out a lot of the yang energy that we've been feeling because Mars is in a yang sign of uh, Gemini, Mar uh, Mercury's yang sign. So um, Mercury being in a constant state of yang and a constant state of like doing and thinking and um, being very like active, um, Venus coming into also the yang expression of Mars is like, okay, so we're going to take action, but we're going to do this in a way that's really feminine, that's really soft and gentle, mm. that um, is sexy and appealing and um, enjoyable, pleasurable. <laughs> and also Venus is going to conjunct Jupiter, um, the other greater benefic and the planet to the two great benefics or planets that do good that make us feel optimistic and positive um are venus and jupiter so them two coming together let's see when that actually occurs so it's a bit later in the month but it is on march 2nd oh my god wow and the moon, yeah. the moon is going to be in a trine to the sun the moon in, in Cancer is going to be in a trine to the sun when Venus, Jupiter, and Chiron are going to be conjunct. Um, so that's a very healing day, March 2nd. Uh, it's March also my 3rd. Venus return. Holy what smoke. a day. Yeah. Yeah, um, we enter the decan of Jupiter and, and Mercury and Saturn are also conjunct nearly on this day. I think with, with this day, like, yeah. Uh, looking ahead I, the main thing I want to like share with people is um it feels like again after all the upheaval of the Mars retrograde that paying really close attention to like what are the things in spite of all the change that we still desire what are the things we're still yearning for or maybe that what are the things we desire that we we've returned to with a new perspective um because the things that that we are still desiring after that big fat Mars retrograde, I, I truly believe it, it, it's, there's a mutual desiring, right? Like, yeah, what you desire. Yeah. Like you were praying for those sound instruments, like for years, it was something that was in your field. And then it, it ugh, came to you as such like a tremendous gift um, yeah. because of your patience and because of you're not like forcing the timing. Yeah. Yeah. Like Sunny gave me the, the sound, like the sound bath. And I was like, while I was receiving it, I was like, I cannot take these instruments from her. I cannot, I, I couldn't believe that she wanted to give them to me, but she was like, no, I really need to give them to you. Like I, 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 I need to, I need to, <laughs> like, I need to get, I need to get rid of them. Like, if you don't want to take them, like I'm in a place in my life where I'm ready to release this. And it's really interesting um what happens when we surrender because like but you said what you desire desires you like so just keep just keep calling in those desires and and this conjunction is conjunct chiron so learning how to heal ourselves through self-care learning how to heal ourselves with action with exercise i saw i saw um 
a reel on Instagram of a woman on a podcast um, saying that one of the greatest things that she's ever learned in studying psychology clinically is that there was a study done on what happens when we exercise and contract our muscles in general. And when we contract our muscles through exercise or just like breathing, uh, because sometimes when you do yoga, you can like contract and release like, even that the process of contracting the muscles and releasing the muscles releases, um, chemicals in the body that heal and restore our body and create antidepressant, anti-anxiety molecules that balance us out. So, you know, she was saying that there's clinical evidence and they call, they call that endorphin rush, the chemical rush as the hope molecule. So whatever like package of molecules that come out of that process, the scientists were referring to as the hope molecule. And so, yeah, I think like it's super important that especially during this transit, Venus rules the body. Um, we also have Jupiter here. So there's a huge opportunity to get stronger than you've ever been during this transit and to really embrace your your ailments and lead with them. Um, one of the reasons why Sunny and I have connected is like we have similar um, health history. And the only reason why I know Sunny's health history is because I told her my health history. And by connecting to each other through our health history, um, we are now deep, like creating this deep friendship and trust. So um, yeah, like, put yourself out there, like lead with your illnesses. Mm -hmm lead with your, your wounds. And, um, you're going to meet people that also want to support you in healing and, and feel healed by your truth. Uh, I think that's a huge part of this transit is like meeting other people that, that also need healing that want whatever medicine that you can give them. Beautiful. Also this very same day, uh, Mercury conjunct Saturn, at 29 degrees Aquarius and later that day moves into Pisces eventually. So yeah. Well, Mercury's moving fast. Mercury's blossom. Yeah. I mean, if it isn't clear already, like circle highlight <laughs> this day in your calendar, it's a big March one. Second, uh, March 3rd. Yeah. The Ides of March are popping. Um, is that the Ides of March, the beginning? What is that? Ides of March? The Ides. Yeah. It's no worries. Uh, I think mm, speaking of this, like breakthrough of physical healing as well, I think Mercury conjunct Saturn for the last time for 30 years. Yeah. Um, whilst, you know, Saturn and Aquarius it really is like the, the mental breakthrough that's required, um, for the physical healing. It was actually really enjoyable. I don't, I'm not a huge sports course person, sports poison, sports person. <laughs> Sports poison. Um, sports poison. Yeah. I mean, I'm so loving on me and I love her, but uh, it's hard to tell. Okay. Um, but I had, I really enjoyed watching the Super Bowl with my parents this past Sunday. And I, I feel like I like refreshed my appreciation of that level of athleticism like these mm -hmm. these like huge dudes are just like flinging themselves at each other like tackling to the ground like it's wild the mental resilience that's required for that right it's it's so much more than just being like physically strong like to be that strong and that brave to just 
headbutt people like over and over again. Um, incredible, incredible mental. Um, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, what comes to mind, so. I, I didn't know this, but uh, apparently football players make like some, I, I don't know, maybe I'm quoting this wrong, but at least a couple hundred thousand dollars per game, if not like a, like a Super Bowl game, like you make a couple million dollars if you win. So like every single game, even if you're on like a rookie team, you're going to make like thousands of dollars. Are you, are you there, Lula? <laughs> here okay okay I thought you I thought you hung up I was like oh shoot (laughs) okay great yeah it's it's crazy that um they make like thousands of dollars like per game so the more games that they win the more their income increases um so the reason why I say that is because in a sport there's a lot at stake even if it's just like your physical body but like also some sort of like tangible reward. And in the case of like football, like these guys are making millions of dollars just by playing the game. So I say that because I'm like, well, like what is, what is, what are you fighting for? Like, what is at stake if you lose? What if is at stake if you, you know, stay small or if you, I don't know, if you lose, whatever losing actually means to you. And I would check out where you have Aries in your birth chart to see where this conjunction is happening. And like, for me, it's actually in my sixth house of work responsibility um, and my daily routine. So asking, even asking myself, what would happen if I lose and what's at stake, what's at stake or what, what can I gain if I, if I win and win is subjective, especially if we're not playing a sport, (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. That's just really interesting to think about because Aries is very athletic and competitive and wants to win. And there's a reason behind that desire. There's there's teachings in striving towards something. Yeah, and I think like the element of competition really being like in its highest form, just like competing with yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Aries is also like, likes to have fun. So yeah, making the, the sport of it all truly um, pleasurable. Yeah, this is in my natal uh, whole sign third house. So I'm looking forward to potentially, yeah, just uh, an expansion and how I'm able to show up authentically in, in my local environment and be of service to my community. Um, I think breakthroughs and like finding a deepened authentic voice in my writing might happen. You know, these are hypotheses. We'll see how it can manifest. That's what I would say if I was reading your chart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to say that like some, you're going to start writing. I just thought you would say that. Yeah. I think I might even get a little bit more like, like courageous or even like promiscuous. <laughs> in my expression not necessarily my like physical action but who knows dairies so um look at yeah calling in some yummy time too <laughs> for all of us yeah yeah venus conjunct jupiter and chiron like sexual healing yeah um, yeah big sexual healing artistic healing too like it's not it's not only about 
the orgasm, but, but the process of creating with another soul or creating with even just like a material object, like we're making love to everything we touch. Yeah. There's an awareness that's building with that. Um, mm -hmm. I'm looking to see what other aspects we wanted to review today. Um, oh, I think on the 24th. We, I think, yeah. Okay, great. Oh, yeah, just backtracking real quick. February 24th, the sun shines the North Node. To me, that's nice and gentle and supportive. It might not be like a huge glaring, like, this is my destiny. Maybe it will for you. And that's great, depending where it's in your chart. But I think overall for us collectively, it's like a nice, just gentle, um, almost like you're flowing down the lazy river of, of fate. <laughs> and you hit a point where there's like a jet. So maybe it just like propels you a little forward. Nothing jarring, nothing crazy. Just like a nice little boost. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good to be aware of. It's like a cosmic um, lucky day. Sun, yeah. sun sextile the north node aries sun at uh moon at the final degree of aries on this day too well it looks like that would be the 23rd um well uh, yeah, the because this is at 2 a.m the, the time on this chart let me see if i can change the time so going forward we're not looking at 2 a.m <laughs> all right yeah so on this day the moon will be in taurus conjunct the north node while sex while sextiling the sun mm. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So the, moon, the moon is in its home sign in Taurus, uh, not home sign, um, exalted sign in Taurus. Um, so yeah, this is really good vibes. Very good day to go on a date. Very good day to go in nature, to do an ice plunge, like go into the river and get in some water. Um, work with the energy between like what's fixed and what's mutable, like what, is permanent and what needs to be let go of really interesting glad we looked at that yeah um Venus mercury oh. saturn mercury enters pisces then yeah um mercury enters pisces let's go there and take a peek at the full moon and then we can do a little sound healing and if there's anything else we really want to look at but I, uh, I have, I have to be at a market later today, so I, I can't yeah. spend too much more time. So we were looking at on the, the second, oh, did we already talk about that? Mercury moving pretty, to Pisces? Yeah, and, I, pretty much. I talked about talk. the, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I talked about the Mercury conjunction to Saturn. We talked about that, like as the mental aspect of the physical breakthrough that we're seeing with the Aries buildup. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I think the shift into Pisces is really nice. Like after Venus and Pisces moving through Pisces, new moon, now we get Mercury shortly followed by Saturn joining. So it is kind of that like final sweep of, um, we talked about the morning as a necessity for rebirth and expansion that happens in Pisces. Uh, thank you, Jupiter. So I think Mercury going through there will, will maybe finally be able to like make sense of the transformation that's happened. We might finally feel like we're having words to put towards um, the seed of the new moon. Yeah, because Mercury's in the sign where the sun is. Right. And it's not, it's not in a place that's restricted. It's in, it's in a place that's fluid, a place that is empathetic and can feel what's going on and express it. 
versus feeling somewhat maybe confined to some reality like I feel like what's happening with Mercury coming out, coming into well, moving through Aquarius and conjuncting Saturn is almost like realizing how the collective doesn't yet doesn't seem ready for your message, but it's like a determination. It's like, it's like an initiation of like, I know mentally what the collective needs Aquarius ruling the collective ruling the community and having a very, um, there's a word, somebody called me it the other day and I'm like, yep, that's right. Altruistic mm. approach mm. to life. So like with Mercury and Aquarius, we're, we're thinking very altruistically about how we can support the world. And with Mercury conjunct Saturn, it's like, there might be a lot of work to do. This might be a 30 year commitment that you're embarking upon in your mind. And so that's something to just be aware of. Um, I think we'll see the day of that Mercury Saturn conjunction. I don't think we noted. Oh yeah, it's the it's March second. Yeah, so that's March, that day. big day, big day. Um, yeah, so just don't don't feel like if you're feeling restricted or you're feeling like things are like not going like you would mentally want it to happen in a snap. It's this is an initiation for a really long time commitment. And with Mercury moving into Aquarius, like you said, it, it definitely gives the energy of, all right, like, let's figure out a way to do this. Let's have fun with it. Let's be fluid with it. Let's do some mourning. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a little emotional, I think, especially on this full moon, because Mercury is in that first decan of Pisces ruled by Saturn still. And um, yeah, like we might be like mentally needing to like realize how long of a journey we're going on. That's all right. I'm really quickly, I'm just looking back to find the first time Mercury conjuncted uh, or was conjunct Saturn in Aquarius. So, with this go of Saturn in Aquarius. So, at um, January 10th of 2021, Mercury conjunct Saturn in Aquarius at two degrees. So that's interesting. We had like that first early conjunction. So maybe just peeking back to that date as well and seeing what was kind of going on. And maybe there's a, a sense of wrapping up happening the previous cycle to set forth on this, this next one. Oh, that's super powerful. Oof, that was such a rough time in my consciousness. I'm so glad I've arrived. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to remember. Oh, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> it was a rough time for me. Like oh, that month specifically, that week, that very date, like, oh, it was really rough. That was all that. And it was conjunct right over my North Node and my Uranus and my Neptune. But it, the, 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 the friction I was feeling was all very true um, to my heart that I, I didn't want the friction I was feeling. I didn't want it and I was creating it. So I think that's important to kind of look at what's happening now. <laughs> and right. if you're feeling friction in your life or in your heart, or you're making decisions that feel like you're literally like forcing something you don't really want because you're afraid to look at something, you're afraid to talk about something. <sighs> you're, afraid afraid to, to, you're afraid to think uh, about it. Yeah or like afraid to follow through on what you know you actually want. So like that energy of settling. Mm -mm. 
or just like getting stuck and staying stuck. Yeah. Thankfully, Mercury is going to come out of there, but Mercury is going to be in the first second of, of Pisces on this full moon. So, um, yeah, I think part of this illumination that we're going to experience in the full moon, which we'll go over in the next podcast in more depth, but, um, just to reflect here, like part of the illumination, cause the full moon is in Virgo ruled by Mercury in the first second of Pisces, um, is, related to these things that we've been talking about, about the first second of Pisces and ruled by Saturn and depression and letting go and acceptance. Full moons are really joyous, blissful, expansive times for the most part, because they reveal the truth. They illuminate the light. They give us light and energy. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, like how can we alchemize, use the sadness as the compost on the full moon and um, yeah, not try not to overanalyze and get be patient with the path. Yeah. Do you have any like closing thoughts mm. uh, on coming up to this full moon? Mm, like the lead up from the new moon to the Virgo full moon. Yeah. Hmm. <sighs> I feel like I just sent some stuff telepathically. I'm going to (laughs) trust. I don't feel inspired with uh, words right now in true Pisces fashion. So, yeah. Okay, great. (laughs) Not going to force it. Yeah, no pressure. All right. um, I'm going to scoot. I'm going to leave this. I have to be the host. Hang on one second. I'll be right back. You do your thing, mama. Should I wait for you to do the sound bath? Like, I don't know if you can do that. But uh, I shall, this is the studio, by the way, y'all. Welcome to the studio. Um, I want to mention, because I was thinking about it while um, we were here, and um, I had said that there will be no sales with my reading and like my, my base price is 55. I do just want to say that if you need financial assistance and if you, you cannot afford that rate, just reach out to me. There's a contact us button at the end of my, the bottom of my website and you can reach out. And the point of me offering a base price plus tips plus donations is so that people that really need support uh, are supported by the community and overflow that is given by people that can give is able to support those that cannot. So um, although I empower you, and I think it's super important to, um, if you want something, find a way to create the resource. I don't want to enable you thinking small and you thinking that you you can't come up with the resources to manifest what you want. Um, But I also understand and respect uh, people's certain situations. And uh, yeah, so I just wanted to note that, that my base price, if you're going to just check out and you want to book the time is 55. And I don't really know a lot of astrologers with the amount of experience that I have that are offering that, but um, 
yeah, my goal right now is just to honestly do as many readings as I can a month and uh, meet a lot of people and um, support you with astrology because astrology is such an amazing tool for understanding yourself. And there are deeper layers to it. Like I was showing you in the Karasad astrology um, where you can work with plants, you can work with um, different yoga practices, you can work with sounds and um, yeah, many different forms of self-care to prevent illness, to treat illness. And um, the birth chart is the most powerful and original diagnostic tool that we have. So um, part of my goal too, I have a 12 session journey um, that we call Learn Astrology. And it will take you to through a process of, of reading and understanding your own birth chart over 12 sessions. Um, so if you're interested in going through that journey, you can go and apply for the mentorship online, or if you're local to Pawtucket, Rhode Island, or if you're, you want to come down and see me, um, I am offering that class in person as well. So in a group, so it's a little cheaper in the group setting and, um, still $55 a session if you do the 12 session program. So without further ado, um, get comfy, get cozy. I'm going to play with these instruments, um, bear with me as I, um, as I get acquainted with them. Um, I am just, uh, sorry, I'm trying to, I don't know why Alula is pinned. I think uh, I see the pinned. Oh, all right. The Brady Bunch, it's stuck in Brady Bunchy. Lula, do you know if you like pinned yourself or something? It, it's I like don't know how to do all that, so I don't know. <laughs> no worries. Oh, weird. Hopefully, hopefully the recording is just me because I'm. That's where the sound is coming from. But if not, you get you get a dark screen and me. Okay. I love you. Thank you for this. I'll be here on the floor. Okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah, I I don't know. This doesn't. I don't want my. I don't want my tablet to close and the stream to end, but I think we'll be good there. So get comfortable, uh, take a moment to tune in. And I don't know if you're listening in the car or if you're home, but if you're, if you can lay down, I think it's a good idea. Um, thank you so much for tuning into this part, this deep into the podcast. We love you. And I hope you enjoy this experience. Thank you. 
My teacher, Sonny, told me that, I don't exactly remember who she said. I think she was referring to Buddhist monks. And she said that when a sound is struck, it never stops humming. It just goes on into infinity. Like there is no end to a frequency. I can still hear the hum of the two bowls that were just struck. 
And the concept is that we humans can't hear the frequency that continues on in the ethers after sound is created. And so what that made me think about was the impact of the sounds that we make and that they never go away. They continue on into the world. So allowing these frequencies to take a moment to penetrate and rush. Before I went into my initiation with her, she said to me, be present, no thinking about the future. Just be present and listen. And that was very profound. So although we think about the future on this podcast and (laughs) in the work of astrology, there's a time and a place where we need to stop and simply listen and enjoy what's here now. The analysis that we explore astrology is a form of self-exploration, reverence for time, for truth, for what is creating the moment. But as we move into Pisces season, some of the reverence work can be just being in a space of silence and receptivity is much less analytical than Aquarius season or others. On the axis of Pisces is Virgo, which is the queen of analyzing the yang expression or the yin expression of Mercury. So they go together. And this Pisces season, as we come into it, I encourage you to lean heavy on the yin and to lean heavy on silence and not needing to analyze, not needing to think about the future, just dissolving into the present and allowing yourself to experience that full, complete composting process because it is the season right before spring. So this is when we really make sure our our soil is very fertile. So thank you for being here with us and for tuning in. If this podcast resonated with you, we would love if you could do anything on the social media to let that be known. So you can subscribe on YouTube, like this video, comment, 
You can subscribe on Spotify. You can follow us on iTunes and leave a review and enter to win a reading with us next week in two weeks. So you got a deadline, do it in two weeks and we'll give you a reading. <laughs> and um, I think those are all the platforms. You can also follow me on Instagram and follow Lula at Lula Rose on Instagram. And of course you can book a reading with us. We are both available. You can DM Alula and check out my website and if we have time. So yeah, I'm gonna pass the mic to you, Alula. Thank you so much. I'm gonna stay on this floor for a while. That was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I wanted to share my website is, is live now. So it's alulaofroses.com. Feel free to reach out to me there or same name on Instagram. Um, wow, everything's so yummy. Yeah, I don't even, I'm, I'm still just woof, receiving your sound. Thank you for that. Yeah, the sound is really, I, after I had my session with her, like I didn't want to talk even now. <laughs> um, yeah, it really clears, <laughs> it clears a lot. Yeah. Um, something she taught me too is that bells, um jinx these things anything that's like these used to go on her ankles that's how much she's danced in them wow that's crazy but now she just like throws them around um i i do now (laughs) um we do yeah but bells help to clear the space so like if you have like energy in your physical space that you want to clear, like ringing a bell is really good for that. So that's um that's so interesting because oh I didn't share this, but I know we have to wrap it up. Um I'm because of the construction at my place for the second podcast in a row now, I'm at my parents' place. And, and this time, last time I was in my my father's office, which was like a profound energy and really uh significant I think that he offered that space to me but this time I'm in what used to be my bedroom and so uh yeah you just stirred up a memory I used to have a bell that it was an elephant because that's always been a huge animal symbol for me animal guide um so that that's just interesting that as a kid I would like in moments of stress like ring that bell (laughs) Oh my God. You're just like, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, I did want to just in honor of both of our birthdays, is there anything you want to like uh, just express going into this new year? Any proclamations or yeah. That's a great question. Yeah. My birthday's tomorrow. So it's like the yeah. final the final countdown. Um, Well, I want to express gratitude for the process I've been through and learning how to communicate again. My time Lord is in the third house of communication this year. And my time Lord was Venus. And uh, yeah. I did a lot of work with my relationship with myself, with my husband, with people, with clients, how I relate to money and what I value. 
and how I feel safe in communicating or effective in communicating. So yeah, it's been a really amazing journey. Um, yeah, I wanna be a resource for other people. As I move into this perfection of other people's resources, I'm coming to realize that the place of other people's resources inside of our birth chart is how we are a resource to other people. How what we value is a resource to someone else. How what we do for a living is a resource for somebody else. It, I think it's not that this interpretation is the only interpretation. I think my interpretations are expanding. I used to think that, think about the eighth house as other people, other people's resources, like somebody else's talent, somebody else's resource, somebody else's um, support and not how I support somebody else not how my resources are a resource to someone else. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I've been kind of worried and uncomfortable going into the descending gate of hell as my eighth house perfection, 31, if anybody in our audience is past 31 or has gone through the other perfection years, um, 31 minus 12. <laughs> is that 20? 19. Thank you, 19. Yeah. So when you were 19, if you're young, if you're old enough to be 19, um, this was, this was the last time you may have experienced, uh, eighth house perfection. And, um, yeah, I've just been like kind of uncomfortable going through a house. That's like a dark subconscious house and it rules fear and anxiety and all the things. Um, but yeah, I think that my main focus this year is just to really be of service and, trust that um, just to stay really grounded because my time Lord for the eighth house is Mercury and my Mercury is in the fourth house conjunct my son. So mm. all this talk about getting land and growing a garden it might, it might very well happen. And it is about other people's resources. Um, like Sunny is a resource or maybe an investor, like, there are a lot of resources that I don't even realize are available to me. So I'm open to receiving that and not being afraid. Mm. Yeah. But just being of service, being honest and smart. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Mm, I love you. May it all, 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 all come true. Or yeah, you'll make it so. Mm -hmm. How about you? Your birthday's on Monday. Yeah, moon day. I get a new moon on moon day. Uh, it feels so divinely timed that there's like a new moon on my 30th birthday. And it is interesting, like navigating the just like societal energy around it. it's a new decade, you know, Um I'm sure. Well, yeah, you, you're, yeah, a year older than me. So, um, yeah, moving through that this last year, you, I'm sure you understand. <laughs> it's similar. It's similar to 18. You're yeah. an adult now. You can vote and things. Yeah. Can't buy, um, I'm going to say buy cigarettes. Who wants to buy cigarettes? But you can't even, but you can't even, 
you can drive ticket I guess that's kind of some privileges (laughs) yeah yeah no but 30 I'm um I'm into it yeah I think it's going to be a seventh house perfection year for me so my seventh house is Leo ruled by the sun so my time lord is the sun and my natal sun is in my whole sign second house so I think uh but I also have Chiron and Leo in my seventh so I think for me I really desire that this is a year that I can just really be bare and vulnerable and open myself authentically without fear or hesitation and to um, really share in radiance with everyone and everything around me and um, just looking at that time lord my you know my natal son in my second house I think for me it's it's um I think the lesson that's sort of cresting this threshold of 30 is that uh, relating from a place of what my values are is less about the other person or like, does this person measure up to my value, right? As much as it's um, the, the right relationships and connections will stay as long as I'm in my value. It's not even about the other person. So um yeah, just calling in new connections, deepening of current connections for mutual support and love and growth. And um, I'm really, I'm grateful to lean into that because ultimately the way we, we connect more one-on-one is how we are able to build that community, right? That community space space once we get to the 11th house. So um, yeah, just calling in a refinement of the one-to-one letting myself be seen in my fullness which also Chiron in the seventh uh (laughs) also letting myself be seen in my flaws and just showing up as is so yeah where are the eclipses in your chart like what houses is Aries and Libra a whole sign it'll be my third and ninth houses so that's cool I think um with that seventh house perfection leaning into connections, but also um, I think letting those connections expand my thought processes, my beliefs, Mm. um, inspiring how I speak and share and write for sure. I mean, that's a big thing I've been desiring too, is uh, to, to tap back into my writing more. So calling in collaborators for that specifically um yeah awesome interesting with the north node entering aries soon huh geez we'll get to that another yeah we'll get that (laughs) (laughs) i almost wonder i kind of i want to like i might send you some snail mail that feels really romantic let's do that write you a letter yeah (laughs) sounds great yeah Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Alula, for joining me today on the podcast and for joining the community. You've been super dedicated to showing up. And yeah, it's really cool to move through these forecasts with a mirror. Um, people have been really excited about this process. Um, I, um, yeah, I want to call in the potential for this space to grow and 
to have conversations mm. with other astrologers and um, the like. So, but you are uh, kind of leading the way for other people to come on. So thank you so much for going through the process of coming online and um, <laughs> so yeah thank you everybody for joining us and um yeah you know how to find us you know how to leave us feedback and stoke our fire so we appreciate the exchange and uh we wish you the best close to aquarius season and um wonderful pisces new moon i love you so much thank you for this and love to you, everyone listening. Collective I love you nap too. Time. Yeah, collective nap time. Yeah. Signing out. May you live in alignment now and always. <laughs>